Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why does Avonmore Super Milk matter so much to so many Irish people? Well, in Ireland, whatever we're doing, we all like to get the most out of it. It's just the way we are. And we know we can rely on Avonmore Supermilk. It's fortified with vitamin D, so your body can absorb the calcium it needs to help keep bones healthy. It helps support your immune system too. So when you get the most out of your milk, you can get the most out of everything. Avonmore Supermilk. The most super our milk can be. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Hey, my loves, I'm Kevin. And I'm PJ. And if you like comedy podcasts, you're going to love I'm Grandma if I do say so myself. Is it kind of cringe saying that we're a comedy podcast? Babe, we have to sell ourselves on the ads. Actually, yeah. We're two besties <laughs> who sit down every week to tackle a different theme over a cup of tea. We talk a lot about our experiences growing up as flaming homosexuals. And we also talk loads about our mams because we're obsessed with them. We love our mammies. So pop the kettle on and listen to I'm Grandma wherever you get your podcast now. Stunning. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the Tommy, Hector and Larita podcast and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the Miracles Happen Fertility podcast, where it's all about using the power of your mind to create hope, health and miracles on your fertility journey. And now your host, a dash of science and a heap of spirit, Dr. Maria Rothenberger. Hey again, welcome to the Miracles Happen Fertility Podcast. This is Dr. Maria Rothenberger, your host for the podcast. And this is episode 127, Sacred Fertility Foods, Kale Not Involved, with Sarah Hopkins. This was such a fun conversation. <clears throat> I really feel like I could have t- spoken with her on and on and on. Sadly, we had to like move on with our lives, but I will love to have Sarah back on this podcast again. And I will, because one of the things that I love about her style is that it's not just about the level of the body. You know, if you've listened to this podcast before that I am about, <clears throat> excuse me, mind, body, soul speak around fertility issues and parenthood and living child free and anything related to this journey. And that is how Sarah operates too. She talks a lot about mind, body, soul work. She starts with the level of the body. I start with the level of the mind and the soul. And we meet in the middle somewhere, right? It's so great 
I love this balance and I love her point of view. And I learned a few things. You're going to freak out. <laughs> there was one point where she said, this is going to blow your mind. I'm, I'm telling you, mind blown, mind blown. All right. Before we get into the interview, a brief announcement. If you have not gotten on my newsletter yet to get information about the upcoming Spirit Baby Foundations training, do so now because that cart is going to be open for a very brief period. This is going to be a small, intimate, eight-week training, no more than 10 people. You will be getting goodies, like in real life, goodies in the mail from me to work through this course along with your your fellow spiritual spirit baby communicator seekers. <laughs> and um, I wanted to keep it small because I want to pay special attention to you guys. So uh, you will be in a group setting and you will have individual time with me. Get on my newsletter um, or actually sign up for information specifically around the training. That is drmariarothenberger.com slash spirit baby training. And if you have seen me do Oracle card readings before with Kelly Meehan's spirit baby Oracle deck, heads up, you're going to get one of those too. All right. So all kinds of goodies. I'm telling you this course is worth thousands of dollars. It is not even going to be freaking close to that. Okay. Not even close. It's very affordable and you will get all of the, de all of the details when you sign up on the website, drmariarothenberger.com slash spirit baby training. Rothenberger is spelled by the way, burger like hamburger. So R-O-T-H-E-N-B-U-R-G-E-R. -E -E Go now. What are you waiting for? <laughs> okay. I'm going to get this interview started. It is jam-packed with super useful information. You're going to love what Sarah has to offer, and I will meet you on the other side. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the Miracles Happen Fertility Podcast. Thank you. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy that you outreached to get on this podcast. I'm like, uh, yeah, yes, I want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> very similar styles and you you know the one thing one of not one thing I know I don't know many things but a huge piece that is missing from my own knowledge is about nutrition which we're going to be talking about today in tandem and connection with all these other cool topics that we love to dive yes, into definitely so, so first I just want to know um and my audience wants to know who are you and what do you do and how did you come to do it Tell yeah um so I guess my sort of my professional journey sort of intersects with my personal journey in terms of health. And I think that's obviously, you know, it sounds like that's your story too. So I think that's quite common for a lot of people in the health industry. So as a young adult and adolescent, I suffered with a lot of health issues. So things like acne, chronic migraines, irritable bowel syndrome and hormonal mm -hmm. sort of imbalances. Yeah. And bless, bless my parents in their infinite wisdom, they decided to trot me off to my general practitioner. I think you call them an MD over there. We call them a GP. Mm -hmm. And um, at about the age of, I think, 14 or 15, they put me on the contraceptive pill. Um, as the solution to all of my problems That's and you know 
Mm-hmm. That's what they do everywhere, right? <laughs> and so, as we know, that didn't actually change anything apart from maybe giving me a, you know, a sense of a semi-regular cycle. So, um, I still suffered with all of those health issues, and it it sparked in me a real um, interest and curiosity in all things health, even as a young age, because I think I felt like I wanted to fix myself or change myself because I wasn't particularly well. Um, But it wasn't really until my mid-20s when I decided to come off the contraceptive pill. I read um, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Christine Northrup, Dr. Northrup. Love. And I went, oh, I know, I know. I thought you would appreciate that. So, um, and I decided that I would come off the contraceptive pill. And basically, year after year, I failed to menstruate. And that went on for 10 years. So I suffered with amenorrhea for 10 years. And that was really the the real catalyst for me to delve really deeply and try and uncover what was happening inside of my body. Because even though I went to hundreds of specialists, I went to energy healers and all of the conventional, you know, specialists, gynecologists and, and doctors and all of the like, you know, the resounding answer from the conventional medical world was, don't worry about it, just get back on the contraceptive pill. And Mm. when you want to conceive, we'll just, we've got drugs for that, that we can sort that out for you. And I just intuitively knew and felt that not cycling, there was something really wrong. And so I really wanted to get to the bottom of that. I really wanted to uncover what that was. And so that was a, you know, a, a quest of roughly 10 years. And, you know, in the latter stages of that quest, a friend handed me a book that would be profoundly transformative in my life. And that was a book by one of my largest mentors, Paul Check, which is called How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy. And I started to read the book. It's amazing for anybody that's interested. It's quite simple and it's been around for a long time. Um, But yeah, I started to read the book and I really resonated with the information in the book. And then I started to apply the, you know, the principles in the book to my life around diet and lifestyle and holistic health. And I really started for the first time to notice that my body was healing. My digestion was so much better. My skin was better. My cycle came back. Now, it didn't come back to a 28-day cycle, but eventually when I just continued to practice all of these nutrition and lifestyle um, principles, my cycle returned to a perfect 28-day cycle. And many, many years later, and I can share my fertility story maybe later if you like because it's a bit of an interesting and fun story as well but Mm -hmm. when I eventually did go on to um, meet my now partner and try to conceive we conceived without any assistance in the first month that we tried and I was 39 years old at the time oh amen to that amen to that And so um, I suppose when I found this book and I started to apply these principles and I started to notice a true healing in my body, I was really curious to discover more about this information. And I discovered that the author of this book had an internationally acclaimed institute. He's in the States um, called the Czech Institute. 
And so I went on to study through the Czech Institute and I studied holistic lifestyle coaching through that institute over the course of about three years. And as I worked, I was fortunate enough to work with Paul Czech himself and um, he encouraged me to move out of, I was in a sort of really high powered senior executive corporate role working in the media. yes earning the, you know, very big six-figure role and, you know, strutting around in my high heels and sitting under fluorescent lights all day and stressing myself out. And he cajoled me and encouraged me to transition away from that and into a health coaching career. And I've been doing that now for 10 years and, you know, um, working predominantly with women around health and hormones and fertility. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Oh, I love when you follow your intuition where it leads and then you feel, I don't know how you feel now compared to corporate job, but it seems to me this is such a beautiful fit, right? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like, you know, I was, you know, I mean, part of the reason that I probably wasn't menstruating was that I was in the yang. I was so yang dominant, right? So I was like running all the time. I was in this male dominated industry. I was working so hard. I was drive, 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 push, push, push. I was so disconnected from my feminine. Yeah. And when I, when I started to do all of the nutrition and lifestyle practices, which included meditation and um, sleep hygiene and sun exposure during the day and, um, you know, more spiritual practices, as well as all the practical food practices, I, you know, I started to integrate and embody more feminine. And then, you know, what I do now in my work is, is feminine because I'm nurturing, I'm helping, I'm supporting, and I'm embodying those things myself as well. Okay. Ooh, so it's yeah, like a different person. <laughs> you are. You're a different human. Yeah. I feel yeah. the same way. Okay. So before, I, and I would absolutely love to hear your fertility story, but before we get to that, I have one simple question. I yes. read that you are a banana bread expert. I, I need to hear about this. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I have a blog with some recipes on it. And the number one recipe that always, that is always the most popular searched is my banana bread recipe. <laughs> okay. I had to know. Okay. I'm going to, but I have to confess, but I have to confess that I, actually made that banana bread I think and ate it every single day the one on my blog so you can link to it I'll send you a link um it's it's grain free and sugar free and it can be dairy free if you don't want to but I put butter in it because I love butter um but uh yes I ate that banana bread non-stop for like five years and I literally (laughs) cannot eat it now because I'm so sick of it <laughs> That's hilarious. The banana and even my son can't eat it. Yes, exactly. Even my son, I fed it to him so often that he was just like, "Mom, no, no thanks." Enough. Cutting it off. <laughs> okay, I had to ask that, but in in more serious uh, topics here. Um, tell us about your fertility story. I'd love to hear it. Oh, okay. So it's more of a sort of personal, I guess it's like a personal, it's a spiritual manifestation story. So um, growing up and throughout my, you know, 20s and 30s, and especially in my 30s, I just longed for a child. 
And I was a serial monogamous. I had a series of like two year relationships and, you know, especially into my thirties, they would get to that pointy end of the relationship where it was like, Oh, you know, we probably need to make a decision and like, you know, move forward in a commitment way. And it would always end at that pointy part of the relationship. And as I was getting closer to my mid thirties, I was starting to get increasingly anxious about the years I had less left for procreation. And I also obviously mm-hmm. had the underlying concern about my fertility because I'd been told by so many doctors and specialists that I would never conceive. Uh, and, and in my sort of after I'd sort of, and I was obviously also focusing on my career. So, you know, that sort of stops things as well. Um, And then in my sort of later end of the 30s, so maybe 37, 37, I think, um, I, I was in a relationship with a young man who was 10 years younger than me. And he proposed to me. And the relationship was not the right relationship. I felt it in every single cell Mm -hmm. in my body. And when he asked me to marry him, I, my body said, no, Sarah. And I said, yes. (laughs) And I could feel in my body, I could feel that repulsion in my body. Like, what are you doing? This is not in alignment with your soul. But I was so desperate for the stuff that came after that, the marriage, and then the child would come and I was like slamming into my 40s and I was crunching the numbers in my head and I was like, I just have to do this. I just have to suck it up and marry someone that doesn't feel right for me. So I said yes. And, you know, as it would happen, the relationship just wasn't working from there. And eventually I had to so painfully and just torturously make the decision to leave that relationship so when I left that relationship I reckon I was 38 so you know math in my head on that is like holy you know holy shit I'm going to be 42 or 43 if you know waiting to meet someone blah 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 blah. anyway I fell into a very very dark depression I was suicidal literally suicidal I Mm -hmm. I I definitely was planning my suicide thankfully I had some really helpful friends and family around that sort of talked me off the ledge, so to speak, but I was Mm -hmm. very, very depressed and felt that there was no hope left for, you know, one of my deepest desires. And I, I decided to see a therapist at the time to work through it. And she said to me in one of the sessions, have you thought about having a baby on your own? And even though heaps of people had said that to me over the years, because everyone shared Mm -hmm. my desire for a family, Um, It had never really sat until that moment. And when she said it, a light bulb went off and I just went, oh my gosh, yes, that is the answer. Mm -hmm. And so I started exploring having a child on my own and I booked into a clinic and I put myself on the wait list for donor sperm. And as luck or fortune would have it, um, one of my mother's friends worked in the clinic as a therapist. So unbeknownst, yeah, unbeknownst to me, I got bumped up that sperm donor list to the top yes um but as soon as I made that decision to have a baby on my own oh my gosh my whole life transformed I got this amazing house um because I was looking for somewhere to live and I couldn't find anywhere after my separation this beautiful amazing totally affordable house just presented itself to me um my business just took off 
it just started going gangbusters. People were just coming, running through the door, throwing money at me. Um, everything in my life started to flourish. I just, I felt so supported by the universe and because I guess I was taking action into my own hands. And so then I got the phone call, you've, you have a donor. And so I went through the process of having the, an IUI, which you would mm-hmm. know what that is, an intrauterine mm-hmm. insemination. And just as I was about to start that process, an acquaintance of mine who knew my sort of story had met a man, a young man again, and she had said, I think you need to meet this friend of mine. I think you would be a good match. And I was very like, well, I don't, I'm not really open to that right now because I'm, I'm doing this thing over here where I'm having a baby on my own. So I can't really you know, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to date this guy. Anyway, he came in and he was very persistent with me. Sorry, what have I done there? Oh, there we go. And he was very persistent. He was very persistent with me. And so I went on a couple of dates with him. The second date that I went on, I couldn't have a glass of wine because I thought that I was potentially pregnant. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, we fell in love, madly in love. And my, my IUI cycle didn't work. And Two months after we had been together, I decided to confess to him what I was doing right as I met him. And the universe decided to reward me for all of my bravery and all of the action that it took. He turned around and said, why don't we start trying together? Holy shit. So the very next That's month. Amazing. So we, after two months together, we were trying for a baby and we conceived the next month after that. And now we're happily oh, yeah. married with a five-year-old. Oh, that baby was waiting, just a waiting. Here's my dad right here, right here. There you go. Here, there you, there you go. I know. So wow. I really feel like, I feel like what it was, was that I, what was the most powerful part of that manifestation process was that I, I, t- I took action that I, you know, because I was in the victim mentality, right? I was like, oh, I'm never going to have a baby. Woe is me. It's never going to work out for me. And then when the the universe rewarded that action is what I believe that I, and, and also that, you know, and we can talk about this, that I, when I, when I started to, when I started the assisted fertility, I started to resonate and believe that I was fertile and that I was having a baby. Mm-hmm. And then I called that in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then when I talk to people about manifesting, it's interesting because you live as if it's already yes. thus. Yes. Right. And that's and so what I it, was doing. And then when it does happen, you're like, of course, that's yes. How it, <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Beautiful story. <laughs> we are, I, I definitely want to come back to this whole. Um, because there's so much more to this than it, it, obviously uh, thus far, so much more to our conversation than, than nutrition. And mm. I, I, I want to start there though, again, yes. and then work our way Important. back to all these. Yeah. To all yeah. How, how that's connected to this being in a fertile way, you know, being fertile rather than yeah. striving for fertility, actually being fertile and well, yes, love it. Well, yes. Well, okay. yes. So let's start with like basic, like come back down to like ground. 
because we're, we're like up here as my husband would say that's all yeah. well and good but I'm like hungry so what are we gonna do <laughs> like, okay all right so one of the questions I asked you in the um email today was about like these current trends for for um nutrition all these things like paleo and you know low carb and like eat all the bacon and the cheese that you want or something. I don't know. I don't subscribe to them. So <laughs> no, <laughs> I am really curious what you think about that. And, and in contrast, if there is a contrast, what do you um, subscribe to and what you, what do you teach your clients about food and nutrition? Yes. Okay. So let's start with the trends. Um, I was actually on another podcast earlier this week um, with a local girl that is, it's about IVF. So she's talking predominantly to IVF clients, but I was just saying that I think one of the biggest sort of roadblocks to fertility in a lot of women when it comes to food is all of those food fads yeah. um, and especially fasting and keto. Okay. Um, and, and, and even paleo and low carb because they tend to be on the low carb and restrictive side of things. So, yes. you know, <clears throat> what I was explaining to her is that when, when we think about fertility at a really basic level, the female body is a mammalian body that is walking around on this planet like all the other mammals are. And our biological imperative is to procreate. And our body is until menopause, our body is, and from, you know, our menstruation years in our fertile years, which is what we're talking about, mm -hmm. our body is assessing our external environment and making decisions about whether or not it is an appropriate time for conception or not. Mm -hmm. And so when there is a lack of food, whether accidentally skipping meals or intentionally fasting, what that signals at a very basic physiological level is it signals that there's not enough food out there for me to stay alive really properly as much as I need to, to vibrate at, at a level of health certainly isn't enough for me to carry a baby inside of me. Uh -huh. So when, when we're doing these things, we're, we're literally signaling infertility. We are creating that at a physiological level. And then it's the same with, low carb or sort of low nutrient foods as well. And we can talk about what the nutrient dense foods are that do help to signal fertility in a minute. But if you're depriving your body of an entire macronutrient, macronutrient, macronutrients are protein, carbs, and fat, then mm -hmm. that again signals a lack of food in your external environment. If you don't have enough carbohydrates coming in, then that, that basically the body's like, oh, okay, there's a famine out here. So now is definitely not a good time for conception because we need to, you know, we need to upregulate our stress hormones and just, you know, focus on surviving this. Does uh -huh. that make sense? Oh, that makes total sense. Yes. So, you okay. know, that's, that's the problem with a lot of these trends. And it's really mm -hmm. unfortunate that they're really gaining so much traction at the moment because I really yeah. think that and I think that they appeal to us as women and Lord knows, you know, I had disordered eating throughout my entire teenage years and all through my twenties, you know, it, fasting particularly or cutting out carbs, it really does appeal to, you know, this cultural phenomenon to want to sort of starve ourselves and deprive ourselves. And mm -hmm. it's, it's in our cells as women, you know, it's so, yes. 
it's part of who we are. So I, I think mm -hmm. it's really, really common. And I'd say that it's the most, it's the most common thing. It's, and it's the first thing that I'm doing when I'm working with my clients is just getting them to eat really regularly and eat all three of the macronutrients so that their body can sense mm -hmm. that there's an abundance of food in their external environment. And then it knows that it can upregulate hormones and create more fertility. Yes. Oh, I love that. What do you think about when people, let's just say that there's a thing that isn't necessary, you know, to, for, for the, for the body to feel, um, you know, like there's plenty of food, like a treat, you know, let's throw in like ice cream or something. Let's say that someone is, um, likes ice cream and when they don't eat the ice cream, they feel inside restricted. Do you talk about that at all? Like can't have the coffee, can't have this, can't have that, can't have this, can't have that, like the treats. Do yes. you talk about that with clients at all? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You because, you know, I mean, yes, that's that's a really good question because I suppose, you know, the first thing, I guess what I try and do with my clients is get them to focus on eating regularly, which will also when you eat regularly, what you find is that you actually don't get the cravings anymore. Oftentimes women are craving, if they're craving, if they're not eating until midday, they are mm -hmm. going to crave sugar for the whole rest of the day. Because oh, again, okay. if, we, if we think about how the body works, if you don't, if you're not giving the body what it wants, it is so smart and adaptable. It is going to try and drive you to go and get what it wants. And if we deprive our body of nutrients or we starve ourselves or fast or whatever, or we deprive our body of carbohydrates, your body, your brain is going to become focused on that, right? And want you to have that because the brain's like, I need glucose. You're not giving me enough. I need this for like cellular function and basic physiological function. Uh -huh. So it's going to oh. just be like fixated on that. So firstly, that deprivation stuff can be really mitigated if we just start to nourish ourselves again. And then if we bring in the nourishing foods, which I call the sacred fertility foods, that will also signal more deep nourishment. And again, when the body feels more nourished, it doesn't crave those things as much. That's fascinating. Okay. And that makes total sense. I definitely want to talk about sacred fertility foods. Um, that's beautiful. I just wanted to give an example because I've been um, doing a, I've been um, eating much better um, for my thyroid and um, yes. just a lot of nutrients, lot, a lot of vegetables and fruits and, um, you know, gluten-free, um, you know, grains and things like that. But yep, great. the other day, last night, it was just last night, my husband offered me a piece of chocolate and I went, oh, no, thanks. And he's like, oh, because of your thing. I'm like, no, actually, I, I, no, I don't want it. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually don't want it. <laughs> yes. That is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that, you know, and the other thing to say is that it's okay to have a bit of chocolate. It's okay to have some ice cream, you know, and, and we need to help I need I work with my clients to really help them to get rid of that binging restricting cycle but yeah. honestly you've just articulated perfectly often they'll just say look I, when I eat regularly 
you know, like say an office worker, I don't know if this is a thing over there, but here it's really common to have like a morning tea a couple of times a week where people will bring cakes or buy cakes and it's oh, just totally. in, yeah. in the office, right? They don't and call say, that, but yeah. Yeah, and they'll say, you know, before I started eating really regularly and eating really nourishing foods, I would be like, I would be uncontrollably over there and just eating the sweets and the treats mm-hmm. that were there for the morning tea or the afternoon tea. But now that I'm eating regularly, I, I can walk past and people are like, what's going on? Don't you want to have some? And I'm like, no, I'm actually good. And it's not from a place of all oh, restriction. It's just from a place yes. of I'm actually good. I don't need oh, that. That's perfect explanation. Thank you for answering that. And it makes total sense now um, that you say that. Because I was like, no, I actually don't want the chocolate. Like That's mine. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us about fertile foods. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so... So my, my sacred, so I, I have an online fertility program, which covers this in a lot of detail, but I am going to give you the sort of backstory as to how I learned about these foods. And these are the foods that I implemented. Everything that I teach is what I implemented into my own life to help myself heal all of my health issues and become fertile. Um, but the the sacred fertility foods actually come from the work of a doctor, a little known doctor that published an amazing book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. Uh-uh. So it's the most amazing book. I will obviously provide all the links so that you can provide Thanks. these for your listeners as well. And you yes. might want to have a look at it. So this book, um, it, it's been in publication since I think the 1930s or the 1940s. And it's never, it's never come wow. out of publication, which is pretty amazing. Um, And he was a dentist and he was um, based in the UK and he was looking into predominantly children's mouths for many years. And all he was seeing was um, really crooked teeth, really narrow jaws, loads of um, breathing issues, sinus issues, hundreds of cavities. And he was like, this just doesn't look like health to me. I don't see these children as being healthy. And he said, I'm really curious. I want to explore what a healthy diet looks like. And so he had the perfect fortune of being like alive and exploring during a time where um, this was still possible. And I'll explain what I mean. So he traveled to 22 countries around the world and every country he found a tribe that was living on the diet that it had been living on forever. So a, an indigenous tribe or um, village 
that was yeah. living on the natural diet that it had always existed on that hadn't had any exposure to the so-called modern foods. Yep. And so he traveled far and wide. He, he came down and visited the Aboriginal tribes here in Australia. He visited the Maori in New Zealand. He found a small Swiss village um, in the Swiss Alps, a Gaelic fishing village, the Maasai in Africa, um, American Indian tribes up in the Everglades, um, some down in Central and South America. He literally went far and wide, 22 wow. different tribes. And what he noticed and witnessed was he obviously he was very um, interested in, or maybe not obviously, but because he was a dentist, he was very interested in the teeth yes. and the and the craniofacial structure. So wide arches, open, beautiful sinuses, wide jaw. And what he witnessed in every single one of these tribes was the entire population of that tribe had the most beautiful and robust health. They all had perfectly straight teeth without a single cavity without any orthodontics or any dentists they wow. all had perfect craniofacial structure they were robust well into their 80s and 90s totally compass mentis they were so beautiful but what he also noticed was that um, their diets were very different obviously apart, all apart about the world but there was certain foods that they would feed all the couples that were about to start conce conceiving, so couples that were maybe um, getting married in whatever the marriage ceremonies were mm -hmm. for the various tribes traditionally. So there was special foods, sacred foods that they would feed all preconceptive couples, all um, pregnant women, all lactating women and all young children. Wow. And they were, they were for that real robust healthy growth and development of that potential so you know in the growing womb for the couples that were trying to conceive and for those um you know breastfeeding women and those young children because they were all in a really important growth stage right yes and so I'll tell you what those foods were but what he also noticed which is you know something for us all to think about is that every single tribe that he visited he also went and visited neighbouring tribes that had had some um, visitation from missionaries or had had some exposure to modern foods. Now, these foods in the 1930s were not like the Franken foods that we are potentially right. exposed to today. You're talking vegetable oil, white sugar and white flour. Mm -hmm. Now, he, he has a book that is this thick. It is filled with photos putting the photos of the tribes that were living on their natural diet next to the photos of the tribes that have had that exposure to the food, the tribes that have had the exposure to the food, all their teeth fell out. Like they had, they were riddled with cavities, their teeth falling out. And within one generation, all of the next children that were born had all of those same characteristics that he was witnessing in the UK children, crooked teeth, uh, narrow faces, narrow jaws, uh, sinus issues, allergies, problems with fertility problems with birth fascinating absolutely fascinating it is absolutely an amazing book you have to grab yourself oh. a copy of it because it's it's literally the only true sort of observational study that we have that really looks at the impact of diet on true sort of health and 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 nutrition and you Holy know we don't cow. really have it's absolutely amazing 
So let me tell you what the <laughs> sacred fertility foods were because he he noticed that this was synonymous in every single you know tribe and village, like I said. So the foods are, and this is probably going to blow your mind. It's a little bit unusual. Um, liver. What? And I can ex- I know, and I can explain, <laughs> and I can explain why this is. So liver. Every single tribe everywhere was acquiring liver and feeding it to preconceptive couples, pregnant women, young children, lactating women. From liver. What animal? Uh, any animal that they could get. So, like the Polynesian oh. islanders would get the shark liver. Um, the Gaelic fishing village would stuff like fish heads with oats and fish liver. Um, I guess the Aboriginals would get kangaroo liver, like they would all use different parts of liver, but liver, and I can explain this if you want to in a bit more detail, but liver basically has the highest concentration of all the nutrients that we need for optimal fertility. It's the, it's the highest, it's the highest concentration food of all nutrients ever, B12, iron, copper, folate, A, D, E, K2, all of the essential fertility nutrients. So oh liver, um, raw dairy. So oh. um, yeah, raw. Um, so butter and um, milk um, and then shellfish. So oysters, wow. mussels, clams and um, fish eggs and wow. eggs. That's it. Like like chicken eggs. Yes. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> that is blowing my mind. I know. I know everybody's <laughs> mind is blown because they think I'm going to talk about, I don't know, goji, goji, goji berries, kale. That's right. That's right. Those foods are not superfoods when it comes to fertility. They're not really even superfoods. So um, these were the foods that every single one of those tribes was prioritizing for all of those, but, you know, thinking about fertility for all for, for fertility and look what those foods were giving. So when we think about the fat soluble vitamins that are really high in the liver, so that's vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K2, those nutrients are literally creating all of that craniofacial structure and health, healthy teeth in the first 12 weeks of gestation. Wow. And, and Dr. Weston A. Price didn't even really understand that. He, he wrote everything down. His book is literally like just his journal really. And he, he sort of understood some of the concepts of vitamin A and vitamin D and, and, and the role that they play in teeth and facial development and bone health. But he didn't even, they didn't even know what vitamin K2 was. And vitamin K2 is one of the most important for all of those factors. Wow. Um, and he called it activator X. And then years later, they isolated it and realized that it was vitamin K2. And it's a, it's a really powerful synthesizer of all of those other nutrients and helps the body to really utilize all of those nutrients. But um, yeah, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. So those are the sacred fertility foods. That is fascinating. Wow. <laughs> I love all of that information. I'm, I'm like wanting to nerd out now. I have to have the book. You have I to love. get the book. You have to get I, the book. And, I do. Um, and, and the thing is, you know, a lot of people talk about, like if you listen to functional medicine practitioners or even, you know, some integrative um, 
GPs, they'll talk about the different nutrients that are um, beneficial for um, fertility and also like during gestation and or even if you you know go to a clinic and they're talking about different things that they might supplement with an IVF clinic you know they're talking about vitamin D right and they're talking about the importance of folate and they're talking Mm -hmm. about B12 and um, in many instances they're talking about iron and basically and sometimes they're talking about selenium and sometimes you know and basically every single one of those is contained in liver wow and it's contained and it's a lot of those nutrients they have partners they have synergistic partners that they work together so vitamin d works with vitamin a now there's a bit of conjecture around that but we'll just put that to the side we can talk about it if you want to but vitamin d and a they're little they work together so we should always be getting vitamin d and a from a whole food source where it it has its partner and iron works with copper and magnesium works with potassium. So they all have these, they're interrelated just like our body is. Yes. Because yes. Mother Nature knows best, right? Yes. So yes. just like one organ system relates to the other and we can't really separate them. It's That's the right. Same, it's the same with all of these nutrients. That makes and total so, sense. As above, so below, right? Like Exactly. Outside as inside, yes. And so if you just eat those foods or if you supplement with a dehydrated beef liver, which is generally my recommendation because ain't nobody wanting to eat liver these days. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) I don't mind a bit of pate myself, but a lot of people don't. But yes, if you you just incorporate these foods in, then, you know, you're just giving your body what it knows what to do with. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. So let's say, Someone has started with the liver. They've started with the raw dairy, et cetera, et cetera. Oh God, that sounds terrible. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's fabulous. There's there's ways that you can incorporate it in, in a, in a less. Yes. But anyway, yes. Carry on. Oh gosh. Yes. We, this is just like a, like whisper of what the information is. I'm sure. Right. This is, yes. That's all we have time for on this, you know, in, in an episode, but I'm curious about, moving into this other aspect of your work because now we've talked about the body like the what you can do on the physical level but you also incorporate a lot of mind body spirit stuff like all all of those together and I'm wondering how you can can you just expand on that what do you do with your clients to help this whole person the whole soul everything how do you what do you yes well my greatest teacher Paul Check, you know I guess his his um, learning platform, the holistic lifestyle coaching through him, it is it is so holistic. So you know what I always say to my clients is, we are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual being yes. beings, and any any approach that is not looking at all of those aspects is not holistic and it's incomplete. Yes. And so you know, when I'm working with my clients, of course, you know, I want to get down to the nitty gritty with their nutrition. I want to make sure that they're eating those foods and also that they're eliminating foods like gluten, like you alluded to and other foods, I call them kryptonite foods. You know, that's important, but there's all these other aspects that we need to incorporate for 
uh, health for the health to be holistic, truly holistic. And, you know, some of those are still practical. Like, you know, um, I love working on sleep and, um, uh, you know, looking at what they're doing with their light environment day and night and those types of things and um, looking at chemicals in their environment. Obviously that's Mm. really important in terms of fertility, but also, you know, I like to, I mean, let's just talk really simply about stress. You know, yeah. that one, that's one that, and then we can talk more about some of the esoteric concepts, but, you know, that's one that I find most people can at least grasp as a concept. Yes. You know, we, we know, we all know, we all understand that stress is playing a role in any sort of dis-ease in our body. We know that. We, everybody agrees that from your GP through to your energy healer. Didn't so, used to be that way. No, a lot of pushback. Oh God, yes. so much pushback. I, stress doesn't cause, didn't cause my fertility. Are you blaming me? You know, lots of that. Yeah, <laughs> and and I and it's still very. It, it's, it's still in its infancy, isn't it? You know, I think that we don't. I don't think that we really understand. I don't think that most people are really grasping the depth of stress yes. that our bodies are exposed to. But yeah. but but now we all understand that concept that you know something that we can't touch and see that lives in our head is actually changing our physiology and affecting it. We got powerful and so, brains. Yes. And so for me, it's like we need to work on the nervous system in in a more, you know, in a more, I suppose, spiritual way. Like we need to calm that nervous system down as much as we can. And there's lots of ways that we can do that, like practically by reducing stressors, but also by integrating stress management techniques like meditation, like breath work. But then, you know, the other side of it is you know even sort of more metaphysical than that is the spiritual side of it you know is there are you unfulfilled in your life like I was you know are you you know for some women there may be blocks there that are spiritual are you in a relationship that isn't fulfilling you are you feeling you know, really disconnected from who you are? Are you not honouring your feminine aspects? Are you mainly in your masculine? You know, there's all of these things that, you again, like I said, we can't touch and see them, but those things can be just as prohibitive to that fertility experience as not eating those nutrient-dense foods. Yes. Are you afraid are you so afraid because you've had so many failed IVF cycles or, or are you carrying trauma from your relationship with your mother or father that is stopping you because there's a fear there that you're going to parent in the way that you were parented? Yes. Yeah. And those things need to be explored just as much as eating liver and drinking raw, raw dairy. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> yes. And baking amazing banana bread. Yes, exactly. it's, all, it's all important. Also, I wondered if if you find with your clients that, <clears throat> okay, so for example, again, just my own personal experience doing this, um, you know, um, my own thing for my um, thyroid, that before I started, I realized I am not as calm as I normally am. I'm a pretty chill person, but I hadn't been for a while. 
and I'm a meditator. I do these, you know, very spiritual, like esoteric things. But when I started eating well, I calmed even more. Right. So it's kind of all, yes. you, you see what I'm saying? Oh, like, okay. oh my gosh. Find that. Okay. And, and do you know what, like, and this again, like I, I, I hate to keep referencing him, but it's why I love the Czech philosophy so much because meditation and um, other breath work and other things like that, I think that they're great, but I never introduce them until I've worked on the physical body. Because I don't think, I think that most people's nervous systems are so wound up that they can't, and, and you know, obviously most of us have heard, maybe, you know, this is even resonating with some of your listeners. Oh, I can't, I can't sit in meditation. My mind is too busy. Oh, every day. And obviously everybody says that, but like literally a lot of people, they, I think they actually physically can't. We have mm -hmm. to calm their nervous system down. If they're, if they're not well nourished, their body is in fight or flight. It's in that stress response. Like if they're uh -huh. fasting, if they're over-exercising, if they're surrounded by crazy Wi-Fi, whatever it might be, they are, their body is literally trying to run from a predator. You can't sit in meditation if there's a predator behind you trying no. to eat you. Right. So it is important to get like to uh -huh. eat regularly and to nourish your body and to do some of those things first. And then you can actually sit and get the benefits of that. That breath work and meditation ah, fascinating fascinating stuff okay all right good so when you work with folks you first start with uh the level of the body and then you move into these other mind emotion spirit practices and as as um, you know supportive or um what's complementary like they go together they all go yes. together yes okay very cool. So what are the practical tools? So um, I'm a Taurus, so I'm very practical. So, <laughs> Love it. So, so meditation, right? Do you, do you talk about movement, moving your body? Do you talk about um, hugging trees? Like what, do you, what are the practical <laughs> things that you yes. talk about with people? So look, here's the thing, right? The first thing I would say is that if we're thinking about stress, there's so many things that we don't really think about. When we think about stress, we think about the obvious things like financial stress, work stress, relationship stress, like we've all got that, right? Or we've all had that at one point or another in our yeah. life. And let's face it, most of us have it on and off. Um, and yeah, that's fine. We've all got that. But the thing is, there's all these other things that are, I, I use the analogy of a bucket, where, like imagine your body is like a bucket and there's all these things going into your stress bucket that we're not aware of. So, you know, one of the things is physical, the physical stress of sitting all day or the physical yep. stress of over-exercising. So doing too many HIIT classes or running all the time or whatever or the physical stress of under-exercising. And then there's chemical stressors, which I've alluded to, you know, already, but, you know, all of the different personal care products that we're putting on our body, that is literally mm -hmm. creating a stress response in our body. Then there's electromagnetic stress, which oh, you know, yes. we, we can't even control that necessarily, but we're surrounded by our own personal devices. All of those are radi uh, all of those are operating at a higher frequency, hertz frequency than our own bodies operate. So mm -hmm. they literally wind up our nervous system. Yep. So we've got, and then there's um, and this is a big one for women that are struggling with fertility, then we've got 
this little guy in here, like our negative thought patterns just barking at us, mm-hmm. especially if what we're if, stressed about if, our fertility. You're not fertile. You can't do, 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 do. You're, you know, plus all mm-hmm. the other stuff. You're fat, you're horrible, whatever. That That's little plus voice. all the other stuff. That's right. Mm-hmm. So part of, part of what I, what I teach is first we have to pull some of that stuff out because buckets yeah. already full. And, yeah. and that, if that bucket's full, then it's, breathwork meditation hugging trees is sort of pointless and you're not really going to get the benefit from it so the first step from a practical perspective is really looking at all of those things and assessing like oh how can I remediate against some of this mm-hmm. and then and then yes then for me it's um you know I love meditation I love people to go and get back to nature like and and ideally if they can barefoot we have the most stunning beaches here in WA Western Mm. Australia so um you know a lot of my clients can go and walk barefoot on the beach um you know but just even going into a park or going somewhere in nature um Mm. and being on your own is a really great way to calm your nervous system down um, so yeah, they're some of my favorite things that I like to do. Also, you know, this one I think is a really helpful one and maybe it's more about emptying the bucket a little bit, but just boundaries, like how bad oh, are yeah. women at like, you know, not, I mean, the boundaries is probably step one because most women just, they don't even have time to do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're just doing mm-hmm. 10,000 things and it's like, you have to, you have to say no. And you have to create some space because if you don't, you're not even going to be able to do any of these things. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's a huge point. Um, That's actually one of the things that I, uh, because um, I do um, spirit baby sessions with people and I'm able to see, I'm able to see their chakra system. And the the one thing that that I've noticed as a huge pattern is huge, like giant heart chakras. And it's a lovely mm. concept, right? They're just so loving and giving and compassionate. The problem is mm. you got to rein it in, babe. People people get in there and they- Breast cancer. They, right, right. People get in there and they, they infiltrate and they take advantage and they, you know, and so creating, having compassion and love is beautiful. Start with you <laughs> and create, create <laughs> exactly. some boundaries create some boundaries with with no I just it just popped in my head you saying yes to marriage when your body was like no yes exactly <laughs> people you can feel it you can feel I really need to say no but I'm gonna say yes because I feel bad yeah. I don't want to disappoint yeah. I don't want to yes so, lovely point and then um again practical me I was running through your podcast which is called elevate by the way folks check it out <laughs> um there was a topic called ritual or rituals. And I, because I'm very practical, I'm like, ah, I wonder if that's a thing, you know, that you can utilize to work through all of these new ways of being. What, what did you cover in that? And tell us about it. What's the, what's the importance there? Yeah. So I was thinking about that. That was a podcast we recorded quite a while ago and we recorded it because I think rituals was like the New York times, like, in that particular year, maybe it was 2018 or maybe even earlier. Anyway, it was like the, the word of the year or the, like the buzzword of the year. Um, Yeah. But, but because um, Amanda, my podcast co-host and I both 
uh, have quite a lot of self-care rituals in our in our life and our day. We thought that it was a really great topic to share and um, you know discuss. But you know, thinking about it now in the context of this and 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 what I do, I think that the thing about rituals that is so important for our health is that you know what we really need to create holistic health which is embodied physical mental emotional and spiritual health is consistency of practice right like if you change your diet for a week that is not going to make a difference if you meditate Mm -hmm. for a week that is not going to make a difference we have to do these things consistently over time which is less sexy right it's a little bit boring but you know if we can create rituals around things so part of our day this is what we do we wake up in the morning and we do 10 minutes of breath work and then you know I for me I always scrape my tongue in the morning which I think is really Mm -hmm. important to get rid of all the all of the toxins that are built up overnight but there's I just have all of these things that are just part of my everyday routine and they Mm -hmm. are habits now Mm-hmm, so I think mm-hmm. if we can create rituals around things, then they can c- become habits and those habits mm-hmm. over time will create true holistic health. Beautiful. Yes. And it's very practical, right? It's like you, yeah. you set this up in a way that it just, that's just what I do. That's exactly. just what I do. Yes. Um, and it becomes, it feels so easy after a while. And it, and it doesn't have to be, like that's the other thing that I like to impress on my clients like a lot of the stuff that I do with my clients is quite simple it's foundational you know and it's like it doesn't have to be complicated it you know and it doesn't have to be if you're just starting out if we use meditation as an example just do five minutes like I get my clients like just do five minutes every single day that's you know 35 minutes a week that's so much Mm -hmm. better than nothing yeah, you know, and yeah. over time you're going to f- build the muscle of meditation, and then yes. you know you'll be able to do longer. And the same applies with everything. So you know, it doesn't have to be this crazy, complicated hours and hours of your life. And the more that you can right. build in these practices and habits, the more flow and ease you will have with all of it. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, so I can talk to you for like five more hours. I know, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not do that because we have lives to live. Um, We do. And it's getting late over there for you. You probably need to have your dinner. (laughs) The sun sun is going down. We already, I already had my my lovely healthy dinner. But I do need to, I need need to drink my aloe water. Okay, (laughs) perfect. Where can people find you? What's what's the website and what other contact information would you like to give people? Yes. So my website is health-wellbeing.com.au because obviously I'm over here in Aussie land Um, Mm -hmm. and probably where I'm most prolific is Instagram and that is at Shopkins Health. So S Hopkins Health and obviously you'll link in the show notes. Um, And I do have an online program that I've just released and it's called luminous because obviously when we're nice and healthy and fertile we're luminous um Mm -hmm. and it's basically and it's basically like coaching with me so it's um video modules with written content and action items and it's all of the steps that I 
took to heal my own fertility and that I have worked with hundreds of women over the last 10 years to help them heal their fertility. So yeah, we'll be linking, we'll be linking to all of it. Amazing. Thank you so much. much. This was so much fun. I loved it. Yes. I need to have you back. Yes. I'd love to. So great. Okay. All right. Thank you. Is your mind blown? Liver? Who freaking knew? (laughs) All right. Along with all of the other useful information, obviously, I hope that eating liver is not your only takeaway (laughs) from this podcast episode. What did you think about all the science behind that and the research behind that? I'm tripping out. It's absolutely amazing to me. Okay. Go check out Sarah. Go check out her work. Consider joining her program. Um, fantastic, useful information and a delightful human, right? She's just like fun. All right. I hope this podcast has been helpful for you. I hope you pulled at least one nugget from it for yourself and your life. And as usual, may you be completely healthy, completely open to receiving new information about your own journey, um, especially when it comes from within. Listen to your own internal guidance. And until next time, my friend, be well.